You are listening to the Mary Jane Society Podcast, brought to you by Studio 420, a cannabis-friendly marketing agency. I'm your host, Pam Schmiel, a cannabis brand strategist based in New York City. If you have a website and you're running an e-com business, you need SEO to drive your website traffic and build brand awareness. Today, I'm talking to Efron Sanchez, CEO of Growth Logic, a cannabis-focused SEO company that will get your brand ranking high on Google. We talk about how to make sure your website content has topical authority, the lack of content quality in the cannabis space, how websites are killing their SEO with duplicate content, the importance of knowledge graphs, and more. Let's meet Efron. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Nice to finally meet you. Yes. Yeah. It's been trying to get together. That's that's good. I'm glad you had some time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you're, sure. you're up in um, Arizona, I think, right? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm based in Arizona and Phoenix. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely wanted to learn more about growth logic anyway. So I thought this was mm-hmm. kind of a good opportunity, you know, um, we're all online and we're trying to drive traffic to our website. And it's something mm-hmm. that everybody has to know, even if they're not really involved in it, you know, working out in it in day to day. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I wanted to hear also how you got into it or how long you've been doing it. Do you have a computer mm-hmm. programming background? And, and then I guess I would love to hear more about what, uh, what um, mm-hmm. logic does exactly. And are they just, okay. and are they just focused in the cannabis industry? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been personally researching and doing well, researching SEO for about five years now. Um, I kind of started just with a few test sites with, with one test site actually. And then I took that test site from like nothing to 30,000 visitors um, in like three months because um, they found a uh, cannabis related keyword that I wanted to rank for. Um, and that's what kind of piqued my interest. So uh, kind of just evolved from there and i've as far as growth logic we've been a business for about three years um right now we have it's going to be 17 employees now and hiring more writers uh, mostly writers and editors uh, because content is so important um, um but yeah that's a little bit about me and growth logic we only work with cannabis related businesses and also psychedelic related businesses right now we're actually working uh, a deal with a company um, that is in Korea, I believe, um, where they're doing uh, some sort of, um, they're developing a new cannabis product and they want to tap into the American market. Um, so we only work with cannabis and uh, psychedelic businesses now. Um, and then as far as what, what my background is, so my background is in web security. Actually, I worked for a tech company uh, for a while. Um, and then I finally I did SEO part-time with a small team and then kind of grown from there um, and left the tech company um, a while ago now. It's been a while, uh, but that's my background. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to go back and ask you, how did you rank for that uh, cannabis word that you, when you were kind of first start get, getting into it, was that like three years ago, four years ago? And um, Yeah. So it was, so it was just like a, a test site. I was just curious about SEO. Um, because oh, I guess saw what it could te- do. It was your own test site. Yeah, it was our own test site. Have, we have uh, a few test sites that we just test new things on. 
I never test on client sites and we also test on our own site. Um, but yeah, that's, so what I've, um, the biggest thing that ranks, helps that topic rank for, uh, rank really well is topical authority. So that's when Google deems you an authority in a certain topic. So they just usually have to create content around the subtopics um, and then optimize for that one query. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. a big part of it was content optimization. And that's something that I'm seeing lacking um, in retail and a lot of a lot of subsectors actually in cannabis, just content quality is not there. Um, so that's one thing that I'm always trying to improve on. What what what's lacking in content quality that you're seeing? So first, um, it, it doesn't rank super well. Um, content not ranking well. Um, and that and as far as like the actual quality goes, um, just like grammatical errors, um, a lot of duplicate content in cannabis. For some reason, I'm seeing a lot of websites um, setting websites retail websites in California because we're running a few campaigns in that state. And I'm just seeing a lot of like duplicate content. So that means there's the same content on every page or multiple pages. Um, a lot of copy paste from aggregators or menu providers like Jane or Dutchy. Um, and then just not having good copy, like going over features of, um, besides benefits. So um, just hitting people with features doesn't do super well on uh, terms of like converting people you want to hit consumers with benefits. And I, I know it's like, it's hard to kind of talk about benefits, but it can be as simple as, you know, just mentioning, you know, we hand trim our flower because that preserves the terpenes and potency. Um, no, something like that. that um, besides saying like, oh, we hand trim our flower, like a consumer doesn't know what that means or what the benefit is. Oh, oh, okay. So, so you're just saying like, we're not explaining it that well. Like we're using too yeah. many uh, industry terms that only you would know within the industry. And we're trying to educate the consumer and we're not doing it mm. well. Is that kind of what exactly. you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. Just overall content quality is lacking along with a lot of other big misses I'm seeing, but that's the biggest one. I think it's the most important one too. For example, um, not putting duplicate content on your whole website. Um, you know, having writers that are trained well and having an editor that's going to go in and make sure that the content is grammatically correct, it's accurate, um, it's engaging, and it, it checks all the right boxes to rank well. Mm. It, yeah, it just seems so hard when everybody's kind of just talking about the same thing at this point. It just exactly. Seems... And so you, as far as uh, what you offer um, from Growth Logic, so let's just pretend if I was a client coming to you, mm -hmm. uh, what would you, what could you offer me if I had an e-com, obviously an e-com business? Um, yeah, we only do SEO. Um, we do full stack SEO. Some people call it holistic SEO. Um, and we also do audits. Um, and we're also developing a cannabis related software product that's going to be released or you know, hopefully by the end of this year, third quarter oh. this year. Okay, wait, I, yeah, definitely wanna hear about that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll explain our approach. Um, so I call it a full stack approach. So every that just means that every lever that we can pull to improve the website's ranking, we're doing it. So we're constantly building links. Um, we're building technical SEO, keeping the site healthy, doing on-page, um, mapping out, 
a network of content that's relevant to like the company's goal um, and matches their tone. Um, so we're every lever that we're doing, we're um, doing it constantly. We're also constantly keeping the website healthy. Um, but technical SEO to answer that question. Yeah, it's so technical SEO. Um, you've, there's a lot of um, sub. There's a lot of moving pieces in technical SEO. So it's like one keeping the site healthy, um, keeping the structure healthy and nice and tight, so it's crawlable by search engines. Um, and it also means like you're adding structured data to the pages. So that's like the language that robots speak, search engines in specific. Um, you want to add that code to the page, and we do that really aggressively. Um, we build a knowledge graph on pretty much every campaign we're doing now. We started that um, last quarter of 2022, and that's been working really well when we combine it with everything that we do. Um, and I can explain what a knowledge graph is to the people who don't know yes. what that is. Um, so a knowledge graph is what search engines and machines used to categorize um, different entities. So like an entity is a person, place, thing, a noun basically, and illustrate the differences between different entities. Um, so for example, there's a few knowledge graph sources that we know search engines use. So one of them is Wikipedia. Um, there's also Wikidata, and then there's also DBpedia, which is an older source. Um, we'll basically tell the search engines that, hey, this page is about cannabis, and we'll link it to or link it in the code to that entity on the knowledge graph. So instead of a search engine, I'm kind of trying to figure out what the piece of content is because when you publish a piece of content, there's there's so many there's only so many things that you can signal use the signal to a search engine what the article or um, piece of content is about. Um, you have the HTML on the page, you have the titles and headers, and then you have like the surrounding content. When you add those entities to the page in the structured data, like I mentioned, um, it, the search engine registers things a lot faster, things rank way faster, um, you get a lot more rich results. Um, and so, yeah, that's what we've been adding to every single campaign we do, um, and it's working quite well. And is that through the um, the Google console and the sitemaps, and is that similar to what you're referring to as the knowledge? Uh... Um, yeah, so we'll, We'll go into every single page and we'll add the code to the pages. Um, so it's a bunch of code. It's JSON LD and then it's translated into other types of code um, that are readable to search engines like RFID data and stuff like that. So um, what what are some of the key factors that someone could should consider consider um, to get the best SEO results? Like what are some of those like top five? Yeah. Um, so as far as like the approach, that really depends on the type of business and what their goals are. And then we'll try to align the strategy um, to their goals. But for the biggest lever that I think you pull uh, for ranking really well um, and really fast is um, it's called um, a semantic um, keyword research. So what that means is we'll figure out what the main topic is that they want to rank for. And then we'll figure out what all the related topics are um, to that, and we'll create a piece of content for each each one of those um, related topics. Um, that's the biggest lever next to content velocity. So again, going back to content, so publishing, you know, as as many pages as it makes sense for that campaign, works a lot 
works really well, especially when they're published in a way that they're all related. Um, I would say, you know, beyond anything else, those are two, the two biggest levers um, that I would pull. Um, for example, this last campaign we just started for retailer. Um, we've already tapped into one of the biggest delivery markets um, in California, one of the most competitive. Uh, it took us about four weeks to do that. Um, it was actually six weeks. Um, two weeks was research. And then since then, we've published over 30 pages, which has been about two months. 30 pages um, and of content, content, content that yeah. relates on their blog site to, to start creating authority mm -hmm. from Google's eyes. Exactly. Topical authority um, is probably the biggest lever. With all the AI coming and then Google trying to decipher that and... Yeah, better. so properly mapped out content. Um, some people call it a semantic content network. So building a network of content and connecting everything in a smart way. I mean, you obviously want to outsmart the competition. What are you looking at as far from the SEO perspective? Like what kind of content they're producing? So as far as like competitors, um, I don't do a lot of like trying to mimic what they're doing. Um, we usually will try to tailor a strategy specifically for the company. Um, if we take anything from a competitor, um, like for example, this um, we're running a campaign for a telemedicine company, and one of the things we looked at on their competitors was their sitemap, um, because a sitemap can be a good indicator of one what some related topics might be um, that'll help you rank. Um, but as far as competitors, I don't look at them too much um, because, for example, so one of the markets we're working in um, in Southern California, a lot of the competition is. It's just it's just bad. Um, we've outranked really huge websites with a really small, uh, newer website. Um, so it's it's just bad overall. You mean bad um, as far of, as like their their marketing skills, or they're just not paying attention to their SEO? Um, yeah, it, even if the site's doing super well, I've noticed it's just like all duplicate content or duplicate titles, or just really terrible technical issues, or all. It's just um, a mess, at least in the markets that I'm looking in. Hmm. So you have you have a good chance of beating them by kind of honing in and taking a look at the SEO and mm, yeah, just throwing the kitchen sink. That's what we do. Um, hitting it with every lever we can. Um, I've analyzed some of our competitors, and I noticed some people only do local, and some only do on page. Um, so it's really when you take a full stack approach is when you get the best results. Yeah, definitely. Um, you were, I, I actually wanted to go back um, because you mentioned that you have a new product coming out the end of this year. Can, do you want to mm -hmm. tell us about that? Can you tell yeah, us? Um, I can tell you a little bit about it. So we're going to be building, it's called a customer data platform um, with an engagement aspect to it. So what it's going to do is you plug it into your website um, and your menu. Uh, whether you're B2B or in, in like a retailer, um, <clears throat> the software will then kind of learn with each interaction and which cus each customer you have. So let's say you have a customer come in, um, they're not a customer yet, they're just browsing your website. The It'll kind of learn what they're looking at, what they're spending time on, um, and it'll start to make suggestions to them. So I don't know if you've ever visited Amazon you start browsing Amazon, even if you're not logged in, you'll start getting recommendations for similar products. Um, and sometimes they're pretty dead on. Um, it's scary. It'll, 
<laughs> yeah. So it uses an AI to do that, or it will. Um, and then whenever you get a customer and they giving you all their you know, first party data, zero party data, um, it'll do the same thing. So it'll learn from that individual customer. Instead of having a bunch of segments or demographics, it'll create a crystal clear picture of each individual customer, their preferences, what they order, how often they order, et cetera, and create a profile um, that then feeds a marketing system that's going to send them targeted recommendations um, based on what they like. Um, so for example, if you're running a sale on a certain type of product and it knows you no, know, this X person is orders this product regularly, it's going to re send them a targeted recommendation um, via automation. Um, that's kind of what I have so far. Instead of just sending everyone an email blast saying, hey, you know, here's 10% off, um, like vape carts, for, for instance. Um, a large chunk of those people probably don't even consume distillate. Um, so instead of sending just shotgun blast offers to people, the platform will learn from each individual person and send each person their own targeted recommendations. I, I know there's programs like that that you, you can use, that they'll do that based on what they've already bought. And then they, you categorize them that way. But if you, are you doing it before they even buy, just from browsing and looking at the different product pages and things like that? Is that how it's exactly? It'll do both. It would be part of their email marketing toolbox, kind of. Would that integrate? It'll or would yeah. It be so like it'll integrate into um sorry different channels. So email, text, and also chat. Mm, okay. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's great. Um, and then Google My Business, which is so big for, you know, dispensaries, it's it's top of the list of, you know, marketing tactics. Um, does 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 the content that you put on your um, Google My Business page reach out to outside of your local area that would drive people to your website? Um, as far as the Google My Business, so it can have a really big radius, um, but... So the way we'll handle a local campaign um, or like a, you know, whether it's a retailer, retail dispensary or a delivery company is, yeah, I mean, we'll hit that Google My Business hard and make sure it ranks um, where it needs to. But we're also um, creating pages of content for the website so that they grab more real estate, basically. So if you want to, let's say, rank for, you know, we delivery in San Francisco. You want to have your Google My Business ring for that um, to grab that map pack, and then you also want the your city page um, to rank on the SERP, um, so they have more real estate. So people are clicking, um, and then people are you know finding your Google My Business. So you'd want to do that for like for example, if you have multiple areas or locations, create a page for each area, um, and then we'll also do more broad keywords. For example, on a campaign we just started, we incorporated brand jacking. Um, so that's when you rank for a complementary brand's um, uh, brand name. Um, so we're brand jacking all of their top brands. Um, and then we're also doing city pages. And then we're doing some really broad content, like we're trying to rank for pre-rolls um, and pre-roll blunts um, because you want to tap into other markets in the US. So it's going to give them that national reach. Um, so will the brand jacking. So we're kind of sandbagging those rankings. Um, and also when you rank really well locally for a product or a brand, not only does your Google My Business 
like I said, rank, but so does your product page. So it's um, a really good approach, I think. What do you, what do you mean by brand jacking? Um, brand jacking can be done, well, there's two general ways to do it. Um, the way that you, well, you could do this for retail too, but um, one way you can do brand jacking is you can rank for like your competitor, it's brand name and competitor terms. So for example, if you were um, no marketing company and you would rank, want to rank for your, one of your main competitors keywords, um, like brand name and reviews and pricing, et cetera. And then that it's where you would rate, where you would align your offer there is you would, you know, kind of do a comparison of you and your competitor and then, um, you no know, call to action to call you instead. So that's one yeah. way to do brand jacking. Um, the other ways to do it for complementary brands, like we're doing, um, with this delivery company. So for example, one way that we could align the offer for this delivery company, um, some of the brands they carry, um, do not deliver, but they have a huge following and they generate a lot of traffic in their area. So what we'll do is rank for that company's brand, um, in their area and kind of align the offer to the delivery company say, Hey, you no, know, we offer all their products and you, know, you get free delivery. Um, so it's kind of a great symbiotic relationship you can build um, with those brands because also a lot of manufacturers don't deliver or they don't have retail locations. Um, so you'd be funneling those users into your own funnel. Okay, cool. Wow. Yeah, there's so many tricky little things. Tips and tricks for optimizing your Google My Business page. I guess some of the things you were just talking about Um is I guess the, the, just some of the main things uh, as far as um, keeping fresh content on your Google My Business page as important as as keeping fresh content on your website. Um, it's both because um, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but sometimes when you search for like a certain product or service um, or even like a menu item on a restaurant locally you'll see their Google, a Google My Business appear and it'll say, hey, this Google My Business mentions this or this company mentions this. Um, so it's both. So you want to have, you know, post regularly on your Google My Business um, and have those pages on your website with unique content. Um, those are the two biggest levers. Um, obviously, you know, drive Google reviews. That's another good one. Um, I always try to aim for at least 30% more reviews than your um, biggest competitor. Um, and also hitting it hard with um, local directories and citations. So getting your business on those local directories and doing that consistently month over month, um, that seems to help well. And also putting the keyword in the title of your Google My Business, those would be the biggest um, tricks that I would do. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. So you're just talking about that the name that comes up in the SERP or the title mm -hmm. or the tagline. That's important to put that stuff in there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. In the title. Um, the best way to rank locally and the approach we use is just to be the most dominant page, um, have the do most dominant pages and the most dominant website in that area. So instead of just targeting very specific local keywords, we'll go after really big national keywords. Um, when you rank well nationally, you, you completely dominate locally. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the best approach, I think, to get the most um, visibility. Outside of the content. Okay. And then the other question, um, going back a little bit is, so would you also say if, if you're, if you're posting con new content on your blog, can you post that on your Google, my business page? Would it confuse Google or is that? Okay? No, not at all. Um, okay. I actually recommend you post you know, every single 
And if you can, there are ways to automate it. You know, post, even your social media posts, you can cross post yeah. to Google My Business, um, cross, definitely cross post all your products and services and, uh, and um, blogs as well. Okay, great. Okay, great. Um, so what about um, these third party e commerce menus, uh, integration menus like the Dutchie, iHeart Chain? Um, how bad is it having mm -hmm. that third party integration versus a non third party integration? Because the definitely the ones that are not doing the iframe are coming out um, in competition to these guys. As far as yeah, so iframes as part of like um, like an e-commerce page or product page, that hasn't been like uh, iframes were popular like um, I think like over twenty years ago or it started a really long time ago. Um, I always think of it like you go to a phone store and somebody hands you a flip phone for your business. Um, it's not the best thing to do at all. Google cannot crawl iframes properly. You also can't get your data off of them. Um, because they kind of hold on to all that. Um, so yeah, it's I, I actually have a beef with some of these companies because I've seen them actually crush, totally crush companies after getting set up with them um, in the search engine. Um, but yeah, if you want to go um, with a menu, um, I always recommend Timber or Dispense, mm -hmm. um, unless there's some uh, integration limitation in your tech stack that makes you um, required to use some of these other providers. Um, but yeah, it's just not good. Um, it's a basic, even like a basic WooCommerce site, if you have no other choice, would be better than having an iframe. Right, right. Okay, okay. I mean, it makes sense. I'm just curious what, what your uh, opinion is on that. Because, just because they do dominate. I mean, Dutchie and iHeartJane seem to really dominate the industry. Um, but um, maybe just people weren't, didn't really understand the... Yeah, they just don't know, or like they either that or they have no other option. Um, but yeah, I normally don't recommend them. Um, one of the sites we're actually working on um, is on the newer Jane, which is a lot better, but it still has its kinks and things that they need to work on. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did hear that they are, I think, trying to address those problems, but it is mm -hmm. what it is. So I don't know how much. Yeah, so just off the top of your head, you know, what are some of the common questions or pain points that you hear from, you know, people coming to you, uh, you know, when you're first approached about your services? Um, so not not anything specifically in retail. We'll have a few, but um, nothing really. The biggest issue that I see that's a really bad issue is um, not taking SEO into consideration when you're migrating your website or doing a redesign. Every single campaign I've taken on or even analyzed, well, some of the campaigns I've analyzed um, have been a start with a traffic recovery. Um, and 99% of the time, it's either because previous company was doing spammy work and Google found out and their site got crushed or their web designer, um, or in, in some cases, menu web designer and menu provider, um, change all the URLs, um, don't migrate everything properly and the site gets crushed. Um, so that's the biggest thing that I see um, besides um, no, the, the basic SEO stuff that they're missing. Well, why are companies migrating over? You mean just they're, they're, they're just changing, they're refreshing their company, changing the name, or why would they leave a website that they've kind of built up 
authority? Um, it's not that they're leaving it. Is so, for example, when you're migrating a website um, or changing your CMS, you want to, if you change your URLs, you want to redirect the old URLs to the new ones. Preferably, don't change them, uh, especially if they have some rankings um, yeah. and they're doing well. Um, that's a big one. Or the biggest one that I see is when they switch over to the new design or the new CMS, um, let's say, for example, the website, when you go to it, it's always www.domain.com. They, they remove the www, um, and it, it'll crush the whole site almost overnight because the www pages are what are indexed on Google. You know, SEO is so important, and to have someone dedicated more, the more expertise, I think you just need it. You know, it's just part of the marketing stack. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's really important. So, okay, cool. Well, I'm, I'm really glad we finally met and uh, thank you for joining me. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season 1 of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.